Hey guys, and welcome to Personality Bingo with me, your host, Tom Moore. So this week on the podcast, we have Katie McCann. Katie is an actor, a producer, a writer. She is the busiest woman in Irish theatre at the moment. And that is saying something because it's a busy time in the theatre year. Uh, there's lots of stuff going on and Katie is at the heart of so much of it. So as a writer right now, Katie has written The Grim Tales of Cinderella, uh, which is directed by the brilliant Jenna Debris. It's written by our wonderful guest this week, Katie McCann. And it's got the most incredible cast. I think I can name them all. It's Finbar Doyle, Fionn Foley... Uh, Camille Lucy Ross uh, former guest of the show Ashley Durrell uh, as well as Fionn obviously um, it's got Ashling O'Mara and it's got Danielle Galligan in the title role it's an unbelievable cast um, the whole show sounds brilliant uh, I'm trying my best to find a way to get in and see it uh, but we also just kicked off Panto this week so I am pooped uh, and our schedules almost completely clash um, but do get down and see the guys in Smock Alley um, uh, for Cinderella because it's going to be a cracker uh, based on the writer the cast uh, the lovely Rachel Bergen the stage manager it's just a, a whole uh, heap of wonderfulness so go and check that out uh, Katie is also um, a Rough Magic seed which we talked a little bit about um, it's this amazing programme that Rough Magic uh, who would be one of Ireland's foremost theatre companies um, provide for young um, artists um, budding in every sense of the word I do not pardon that pun um, and yes as a seed Katie is producing uh, the Rough Magic show which is Mr Burns which I was lucky enough to see this week um, it's an absolute humdinger it, it, it's a crazy 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 play but I mean it's definitely worth checking out it's absolutely hilarious with an incredible cast it's beautifully directed and all the seeds did an unbelievable job um, from Katie on the producing end it was absolutely packed the night I was in and I think I was in on the Monday uh, so that is saying something uh, but from a design point of view from a lighting point of view costume from uh, a sound design all this kind of stuff it was just incredible it's a really top-notch um, piece of theatre and especially in a time where so much of it is that bit more commercial whether it be you know one of the pantos like I'm involved in Mr Burns is way left of centre um, and uh, it was a real belter um, so yes well done to Katie and all the gang on that because it was absolutely smash smashing smashing uh, in other news um, I as I said um, in the panto at the moment we literally just did our first show uh this morning uh, it went great um, going back in for some changes for some notes all that good stuff uh, it's a bit of a whirlwind few days trying to get one of these big massive shows up and running but um, having a lot of fun doing it even if I am the smallest bit tired but uh, that is all part of the fun. Guys, um, I just want to say a quick thank you to everyone who got in touch this week. Oh, what a long intro for, like, no reason. Anyway, fuck is. Uh, I just want to say a massive thank you to everyone. I, I abuse you before I compliment you. Everyone who got in touch. Uh, it was really sweet. It was so nice to hear um, people just, you know, enjoying uh, the various episodes. Uh, whether it was Fnula Gigax episode, um, Stephen Colfer, Louise Kylie. Uh, there was different people just getting in touch about various different episodes. It's really nice to see kind of where everyone else is in their, like, personality bingo journey. Whether it's some people, you know, like leave it for a few weeks and then binge on a ton of episodes at once or if you're a weekly listener it's all the same to me it's just great to have you on board but I do want to say thank you so much for getting in touch as I said it is crazy busy at the moment and um, I'm pretty much doing 60 shows over the next like 30 days um, it's going to be absolutely mental uh, we barely have a day off so it is a real struggle um, you know to keep the podcast up and running but like it's such a worthwhile struggle especially when you know there's people out there listening so just to say thank you for getting in touch if you are one of them lovely people and if you're just one of them people who likes to listen in the shadows in the corner by yourself and masturbate furiously that's just fine too we appreciate you all the same guys on that absolutely horrific note please enjoy Katie McCann playing personality bingo with Tom Moran
Khan, you ready to play personality bingo? I'm so ready. All right, sweet. So I'll give you a quick <laughs> explainer uh, of how it all works. But basically, uh, there are 60 balls in here. I'm going to put 60 minutes on the clock. And then I've got 60 questions right here in front of me. Uh, I've also given you five numbers there. Would you uh, read me the five numbers that we've given you, please? I will. 6, 29, 56, 11, and 30. You should so present <laughs> countdown. I know that's like, um, that was me gunning for a spot. You've got a audition. bit of the Carol Vorderman about you. It, it's never been said to me before, but I'll take oh, it. Oh, take it, man. Um, okay, would you do me a favor and pick <laughs> another number that's not there between one and sixty? I'm I'm gonna go uh, for thirteen. Thirteen. Ooh, unlucky for some. Unlucky in bingo. Yeah, I just thought I'd I'd flaunt flaunt in the face of fate wow I love it that is bold <laughs> if we die during this session it will, I will have um, absolutely brought it on us and I take full responsibility alright good well once that's that's here now <laughs> once we cleared be... that up that's yeah. all yeah okay well um, <laughs> my guess there's nothing left to do but give it a spin woo alright sweet Ooh. okay first oh wait there was something left to do oh. I'm so bad at this sometimes like how so, bad no, is that you're not you're very good at oh, it it's been a long day <laughs> it's um, been a very long day if you do get all the numbers yes. this might be the time that it'll happen now if you do get all the numbers that means that the tables are turned and you get to ask me any question in the whole wide world okay. that you might want that's such a hard question like to, to pick you know on the spot yeah I should really tell people like a month in advance like think because like who cares like what are you really going to ask me oh, I mean I shouldn't ask that that's tempting fate but like yeah. we'll see oh it'll be mediocre I'm sure <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if I do get them all <laughs> mediocre at best like what's your favourite sandwich um, no I'll think of something if I have to all right, sweet. maybe okay well the first number that came out was number 46 do you have 46 no. All right, no worries. Number 46. The question is, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Oh, okay. Oh, I should be really profound now, shouldn't I? I mean, it could be clip your toenails weekly. <laughs> that would be really good advice. I wish someone had given me that advice. How often do you clip your toenails? Um, when I think of it. So yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, is, that, is that a bad answer? Like, oh, God. No. Personal hygiene's been called to the question <laughs> so early on in the game that's why I brought you on here I wanted to call <laughs> you out this is actually an intervention we've all been saying it Katie <laughs> sort your shit out no but it's a weird one like because I, I don't clip my toenails and my fingernails like at the same time all uh -huh. the time you know what I mean because like yes. no one's seeing my toenails most of the time Yeah. so I'm more likely to take a chance with that I would I would probably be the same I also I bite my nails <sighs> so they tend to be in need of attention a lot more often because okay. they break and like I've been very good lately actually I will say that I've been trying really really hard not to bite my nails have you ever used the like the paint Don't no because I I'm also quite lazy in my attempts to not bite my nails <laughs> if that makes yeah. sense yeah. it's like I'm like I shouldn't bite my nails but also I really like it and enjoy it so I'm also going to continue doing it if I want to yeah I'm on if the mood takes me <laughs> there's worse things you could be doing Oh man, loads of things that are way worse than biting your nails. Not according to my mother, but definitely, I would say, a lot of things. It, it is one of the murder. Very bad. Yeah, yeah. You know, 100%. like come on, like people, <laughs> give me some slack. It's weird. It's one of them things that mothers seem to object to. Oh, massively. Well, my mother definitely like had a real issue with it, and I didn't. I didn't like suck my thumb or anything as a kid. I wasn't. I didn't have any other kind of habits except. Well, I did have habits, obviously, but mm. like, you know what I mean? Like nothing kind of weird like that. Yeah, just the heroin. Just, the, just like oh, shooting up all the time. Mm. But apart from that, like yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I sucked my thumb. I was a big thumb sucker. Okay. As a kid, that's um, quite hard to break. Apparently. Yeah, very hard. It, I did it yeah. till I was like, but like it was weird. I did it till I was like thirteen. So mm. that's like way too old to be doing it. And I didn't give a fuck. Like I was, <laughs> I, I didn't even mind that people would like slag me better. I was like, yeah, but I fucking love it. Yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah. my mum was just like, you have to stop. And it was also fucking with my teeth. It, 
Yeah, it's a big thing. It was with pushing some, the front ones yeah, out. Yeah, it can so, really mess with people's teeth. Yeah, but like I didn't care. It's a really weird thing because I think, like, I think if we're being really honest about it, I think it doesn't have something to do with like breasts and nipples and breastfeeding. It could. I think it does. Is and, that action? Well, like I apparently it's one of those like uh, when this is random mm-hmm. when babies are born they do like a little test on them like you know to see about their reflexes mm. and one of them is like a sucking reflex like they have to check that so they put their thumb in the baby's mouth so you can suck. Oh, interesting. I was told that that might be a lie. Someone might have been fucking with me. Yeah. But they also do this little thing where they like check about a baby's like um, spatial awareness or whatever and they drop them slightly. You ever heard of this? No. And the baby like parachutes out so they like stick their arms out like they're like free falling for a second. But they don't drop them. They yeah. just kind of do a little oh like that and it's one of the tests they do and if they don't do that there might be an issue with some yeah it just kind of gives you like kind of basic motor functions I think whoa yeah interesting so um, perfect segue into the best piece of advice (laughs) sorry yes we totally went off topic (laughs) that's gonna happen a lot it is nature the beast Um, do you know what it's a very basic piece of advice but it served me well don't be a dick that's it really did someone give you that advice I've actually received like not just in like a you should stop being a dick kind <laughs> yeah. of way but like um, multiple times people have said like the best thing especially about working in the industry we work in don't be a dick mm-hmm. just be be a pleasant person to come into work with and to you know spend like a stupid amount of time in tech with and you know it's not the hardest thing in the world to do is to just be nice to people yeah it's so true I mean like there was that tweet going around I'm sure it was started as more than a tweet but the way I saw it was a tweet and it was like never under like it was basically just paralleling like talent versus like being easy to be around yeah and you know how like and when you think about it it's true you do want to work with the people obviously who are good but thank god there's loads of good people um, in terms of like loads of talented people (gasps) oh there is but if you can find talented people who are also like sound and you enjoy that's it do you know what like because that piece of advice was given to me over the last two years on seeds actually because we used to get to meet the rough magic seeds which i'm part of um at the moment for not much longer that was like we'd have people come in to talk to us and without a doubt every single person that was the piece of advice they would give and all of them were super sound so you know they got to be successful by being sound also so that's nice to know yeah isn't interesting like the people who are actually really good are normally really nice yeah like it's true i think there's this weird myth that goes around with that artists are difficult that's like a thing when you hear about like Van Gogh and stuff, or Van Gogh. Yeah. How do you pronounce it? Van Gogh. Uh, yeah, you know, cutting off ears and stuff. Mm-hmm. And people think, oh, that's how you have to behave to be an artist mm-hmm. and stuff. But you don't. Like, no. r- like realistically, those people are, were really annoying to be around. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the thing. I, I think that, like, I, I often think this. I think that, right, there is, let's say there's a hundred people like there's a hundred people who are really good then there's going to be like let's say there's like one person out of that hundred there's one percent mm-hmm. who's incredible they're yeah. just they're incredible and they have this thing it's it, like even and I, I don't know nothing about Barry Kogan except that he's kind of incredible like yeah. that guy is an incredible actor he's like a freak you know what I mean mm-hmm. he's amazing he's like a like Daniel Day-Lewis he's a freak he's amazing they can do what they like because they're that good but for the other 99% of us if you can be like really good and work really hard in your craft and be like a decent human being like yeah. you're doing great oh completely I totally agree like in fairness though I would rather be less successful and be nice, to be honest with you. Yeah. I just, at the end of the day, it's not worth it. 
to be mean to people. Mm. I just don't think it is. But that's just me. No, what do I know. I'm yeah. I'm coasting in the middle here. Do you know? Like, <laughs> hey, you're doing pretty great. You're, you're just so busy. The rough magic seeds. I mean, like a lot of people who are listening, especially like in the states and stuff, won't mm. know about that. So maybe talk a little bit about oh, it. Oh, yes, nice segue. Um, yeah, basically, it's a two-year mentorship program by Rough Magic Theatre Company, who mm. are wonderful, where they pick five um, artists of different disciplines, like kind of behind the scenes, more stuff. So mm. uh, on my group, there's a, a writer, I'm a producer, then there's uh, a set and costume designer, lighting designer, and a sound designer and composer. So they kind of take us on for two years, uh, support us, mentor us. We, I got to go on a placement to the Royal Court in London, which was amazing. And then we get to do um, a big old show at the end of it all. Sweet. Which we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> right, okay, well, we're going to talk about it later, but it's Mr. Yeah. Burns and it's in the project. It is indeed. And it's starting really soon. Yes, very soon. When's it starting? Uh, this Thursday. I don't know when this goes out, so we'll say Thursday, Dead. the yeah, yeah, 30th yeah. of November. 30th of November and runs till the 9th? The 9th of December. Ah, oh, sad. Short but sweet run. Yeah, 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 deadly. No, it's pretty cool. Right, let me ask you this. If you didn't do Rough Magic Seeds, so mm. you hadn't spent the last two years in this brilliant program with these brilliant people learning these brilliant things, mm. what do you think your life would look like? What do you think would have been different? I think, I probably would have just been less confident moving forward. Like, I'm not saying I'm, like, overly confident at all, but um, it just sort of, like, I guess when I got onto Seeds, it sort of validated that this was something I could do as a career, possibly, if I worked hard enough. You know, it wasn't like, I'm set, let's just coast kind of thing. It was um, a sense of, okay, these people think I might be able to do this. Now maybe I should start believing I can do it. Mm. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it yeah. does. It's, yeah. <laughs> like, isn't it weird, like, that, like... Because, like, let's just play the game where, like, you know, whoever, let's just say that they were talking and whoever else interviewed for, like, the position of producer. Yeah. Presumably another really good producer, probably another oh, really, God, like, yeah. sweet person. And imagine, like, just for whatever reason, like, it went the other way. And isn't it so interesting that, like, you wouldn't get that bit of validation, even though yeah. there'd be no difference? Probably not. Like, n yeah, you're, it's like sliding doors, isn't it? Isn't it? You know that movie with Gwyneth Paltrow? Mm -hmm. um, and it kind of all ends up the same in the end. Sorry to ruin it. I just ruined the movie. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's been out a really long do people time. People watch Gwen Paltrow movies. Yes, I just me. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but like that whole thing is like it kind of ends up. You, you know, if you believe in fate or whatever, like stuff like that, is that you will kind of find your way to the right path. You might just take different detours along mm. the way. Mm. Someone sort of said it to me once. If you're into that kind of stuff, I kind of am a little bit. Mm. But uh, that it's like a main road, but you just take little veers off. But it always has to come back to the main road to get you to your destination. Nice. It's kind of nice. It is. Yeah, I because I'm I'm on I, I think I'm like you in the sense that like you're like I kind of believe in and then there's an outer part that like can kind of be like yeah, it's, it could be bollocks as well though yeah I veer between the two but like there's something like because there's that thing of like you want to feel like you have ownership over like you want to feel like your choices matter like if I you know if I take this thing or I do this course mm. or whatever it might be that that matters but like yeah or are we just on this path and yeah as you said it's little detours and we're always going to go back to the same thing like yeah it, it's yeah it's one of those things where you're like it, I, I take it when it suits me is that really yeah. awful no like <laughs> I'm like it suits me right now to believe that so I'm going to go with it Man, whatever gets you there whatever whatever gets you through the day yeah at the like that's all we're it's all any of us are trying to do 100% like it's one of the like it kind of used it kind of comes up like the odd time on here, here like stuff about like religion and it's always the thing that like everyone comes back to like because most people and not, not all, mm. all everyone but like a lot of people 
our age and certainly in like our industry and probably in Dublin and probably like in you know like a very liberal little bubble you know aren't like religious but like mm. everyone kind of comes to the consensus of yeah but if that's your juice like go for it absolutely whatever you need whatever you need life is fucking hard whatever you need to not be a dick you yeah. do that yeah there you go yeah good <laughs> alright and on that note <laughs> <laughs> okay here we go number eight no. All right, no worries. Ugh. I love how upset you get every time. Yeah. I hope this is just renewed. Yeah, it's good. It's not. Yeah, 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 I'm really invested. All right, number eight. Do you have any irrational fears? Irrational fears. I well, I'm really afraid of spiders. That's not irrational, though, is it? No, eight legs. They. It's the it's the amount of legs that freak me out, and then they when they do that kind of weird sudden move, movement thing, like you know when they kind of. Uh, I don't know. It's hard to describe it on For radio. Who, who, can't, who can't see, Katie looks exactly like she's having a stroke. Yeah, that's exactly what it looks like. And that to me is um, spiders. No, that's, yeah, they creep me out. Mm. Also, actually, do you know what's a much more irrational fear? Uh, like ventriloquist dummies. Uh, they are so freaky. I get it. They, It's the cold, dead eyes, I think, that just, like, because I... I I like I like I like the Muppets and stuff because they're like kind of felt and stuff and that's fun. But like you know the old fashioned wooden ones, the ventriloquist ones. Yeah. No, can't be in a room with them. Yeah, do you know it's because their facial expression can't change. Yeah, but I also feel like they're judging me slightly. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like <laughs> that they know something about me that that I don't want the world to know, and they're just like staring at me with these unblinking, unwavering eyes. It's so funny you say that. In, in like, I have this thing, um, and like, I don't know if you have this as a writer. Like, whenever I'm writing something, like, and I, I don't like to write like kind of. I can't. I think I like sit very much in like comedy drama. Like, mm. I, I like to play with that line, you know. Um, and but like, I always just, I always. I don't know why it is, but babies always fascinate me. Like, I always want to put a baby in, like, a, I was, like, writing this, this like, screenplay, and I'm trying to... I, I did finish. I literally clicked submit <gasps> today to a thing. Congratulations. Which is great. But, like, I had a thing in it, and I had to get rid of it because it was stupid, but it was, like, there was a baby, and it was at this really awful moment, and, like, a baby just walks... Like, there's, a you know, a granddad, like, that's holding the baby, and, mm. like, the guy just makes eye contact with the baby because there's just something so... I, that, I guess my... To me, babies are... Well, ventriloquist dummies are to yeah, me okay, like yeah. I just like feel like babies get it like they're just yeah. judging you they're like they, they can see they past they see through your bullshit they see past the bullshit yeah. their instincts are, haven't been like you know fucked with by like mm. fake news or whatever yeah. you know like they just know they just know so I always want to put a baby in everything they're like my device for like you know th- yeah. th- they're, the, they're the truth tellers yeah um, they your... can't speak yeah I and mean, maybe that's the creepiest thing is that they don't speak yeah Yes. Maybe that's what ventriloquist dummies and babies have in common. Yeah, it's the secrets they hold mm. or something yeah. like that. I don't know. They've always just, yeah, that's just always weirdly freaked me out. Yeah, I get it. I get it. And I, 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 like, I, I empathize with the baby thing. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, you probably run into a lot more babies than I run into ventriloquist dummies. So it must be harder for you to <laughs> get through the day. <laughs> no, but you see, like, if I'm in a good mood and I don't feel shitty about something I've done, like, babies are great. <laughs> but, like, you know, for, like, do you know, like, probably, like, once a year, you've got a week where, like, you just fucked up or you feel bad about yeah. something. That's like, when a baby appears. That's when a baby appears. Mm. Or that's when you notice him. You know okay, what I mean? Okay, yeah. You know what I mean? You know that, like, those scenes in movies, like, when someone's just broken up and all they see around them is, like, couples. You know yeah. what I mean? And people in love and, like, harmony in the world. Right. When you're 
facing inner turmoil. Yeah, when I well, like, and when something sh- when I've done something like that, I'm questioning myself. There, I, like a baby just looks at me, and I'm like, you know, and I know, <laughs> and, and you know that I know, and that's worse. Um, oh man. Yeah. So I don't go. think I'm going to be able to ever look at a baby the same way now. Good, because they know. They do know. They know what you did last it summer. It actually totally makes... They know what you did every summer. Yeah. That's the worst part. Remember that second producer we were talking about in the seeds? They know <laughs> yeah. what you did to them. They know what I did you to, made get, them on pull the, out to get, get on the seeds program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the shady deals. All no. All the shady deals. <laughs> Behind the seeds. Oh! That'd be good. That'd be good. All right. We weren't going to beat that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number 38. Do you have it? No. Okay, no I did that like I was like, I actually kind of thought for a second I did. And I was like, oh, but I double checked, which is good. It's an emotional roller coaster. It is. All right, oh. number 38. Question is, if you had to get a tattoo, what would you get? Oh, um, I, do you know what? I've never really wanted a tattoo. Mm. Um, I remember as a teenager being kind of like, I, sh- I should want to be a rebellious teenager and get a tattoo because tattoos are cool um and then being like nah i'm good um i yeah i don't know i suppose maybe something um i probably get something a little bit sentimental but very small mm. like something that maybe only meant something to me yeah you think of a word or an image like um yeah like probably like an image i'd say mm. maybe like a friend of mine has um and i actually think it's really gorgeous she has like a sun and moon and stars on her wrist so she can wear like a, a watch over it if she wants mm. this was her thinking um and i i love that because there's three there's i'm an only child so there's only three of us in my family so i'd get something that was like a three Mm. do you know what i mean like something small like that and maybe on my wrist or something yeah but i don't know what interesting yeah Yeah. do you do you have any tattoos no no i like the asked yeah i just want to yeah you never know i don't want to judge you no and i wasn't (laughs) when i like when i it's actually amazing how often i ask that question and the person um like it's very rare that someone actually has one on this podcast i found oh interesting um but i don't have any tattoos i just i don't think i could pull them off man really could you envisage me with a tattoo i i couldn't not i don't know like do you know what i mean like i suppose it depends like i maybe not like a full sleeve yeah like i feel like the only tattoo i could pull off would be like you know like at a lecture that people gave for reasons not to get tattoos. <laughs> They'd be just like, don't get a tattoo or you look stupid like Tom. Do like a tramp stamp kind of on lower back. Lower back. Butterfly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that yeah, that's a, like that yeah, I remember I remember like um an old singing teacher of mine used to have uh, a tattoo in her lower back and then I was like, Oh, okay, that's just like you know, her yeah. thing and she was young, she was only like probably Mm, six years older than me if even that yeah. and uh, then I remember learning that that was called like a tramp stamp yeah it's awful it is awful really but like we just that's what we know it as and then it, I was like yeah. does that mean that my singing teacher's a tramp <laughs> oh no no the world came shattering down I thought she you. was a lady it turns <laughs> out she's a tramp she, but she's such a lovely lady yeah um, so there you go yeah I, I have actually quite a few friends who have tattoos mm. and they're gorgeous like one of my friends actually has the most beautiful tree on his arm and I just think it's stunning. Like it's got it's like um, black ink. I think I probably got it wrong. Mm. Um, and it's just bare branches. And I just think it, it's so intricate. Like he's put a huge amount of thought into his. T- like like all my friends have have gotten none of them have gotten them like impulsively. I don't think. I think that's the thing. Like you kind of hear about people getting them impulsively, but most of the time a huge amount of thought has gone into them, and there's a meaning or there's just some c- emotional connection behind it, and that's even nicer. But mm. like I. I just don't think I'm bothered. Yeah. I don't know. I also like I like skin. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, I get you. Yeah. E- even like even in like a like a, a partner or something like 
someone's like plain old skin yeah. is kind of gorgeous. Yeah. Totally. I to- no, I totally get what you mean. But I do love watching uh, Tattoo Fixers. You ever watch that show? On oh, I've heard of it. Channel, I think it's Channel 4E4, one of those. Mm. It's like a total late night guilty pleasure of mine. It's mm. like watching them fix terrible tattoos. Oh, wow. Yeah, because it's yeah. real art like as well. Like A lot of the time when you see those guys, they're like so good. You know, mm-hmm. they're proper artists with a needle. Yeah. They do. I think, and I think some people, I have a feeling that like, if you live in LA, you suit tattoos better or something. Yeah. You know, if you just got that sun-kissed well, skin. That's the thing as well. It's like, we do not get enough sun. Right. So, most of the time, no one's going to see them. Exactly. That's the thing. I actually, because I'm not like against tattoos or anything. Mm. I, like, I think tattoos look deadly. Not that it fucking matters. Who cares? <laughs> oh, Tom's against tattoos. You so. just lost a whole demographic there. Yeah. Just like, gone. <laughs> Gonzo. Um, but my granny, would. I always say this in the podcast, but like my granny is so against tattoos. It's probably fucking programmed into my head that they're bad. Yeah, my dad's really against tattoos. Really? Yeah, like he doesn't mind them on other people, but even now, if I got one, so upset but I know people who've hidden their tattoos from their parents like till the day they've died oh yeah I can imagine like mm-hmm. if they're like my folks mm. like I think my mom's just like eh whatever like yeah. in that sense but my dad would not be okay with it so like you get a tattoo and you're walking down the street and it's just a baby <laughs> yeah everywhere she knows I just keep running into babies now ah <laughs> uh, yeah I don't think I'll get one alright you know what I'm open to changing my mind though in mm-hmm. the future well this is probably the good point to talk about our personality bingo tattoo stamps oh we have, yeah, 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 you have to get one <laughs> alright uh, here we go number 47 oh no alright oh. no worries number 47 I question. felt good about that one as well did you yeah your feelings are bullshit I know they're wrong don't trust them 47 happy or sad tell us about a moment in your life that you'll never forget oh god happy or sad like, like, do you mean like iconic kind of like life changing, or just generally? Maybe if like, all right, maybe this is actually a better way to frame it. Hmm, maybe uh, I've got, uh, maybe I found myself I'm a new question. Questioning you on this. <laughs> if you were to write the movie of your life, like, what would be the, what would be the, what is it like the inciting incident, or like, what do you think would be like, you know, a set piece in it? What would be something that would have to be there? Oh, that's a good question. Um. Oh gosh. My life's not that interesting. No, oh. um, I think this is kind. This is a little bit sad. Is that okay? That's totally but I feel fine. like it was quite a defining moment in my life. Yeah, of course, in a way, um, was when I uh, first moved to Ireland because I was born over in the UK. Okay, and moved here when I was nine, and um, my first day of school in primary school. Um, both my my dad was still working in England, and my mom was in hospital in Dublin at the time. And I was on my own and it was the first time I was like, I have to like be be independent now kind of thing really? as a nine year old, which is ridiculous. But it wasn't like that sad. It was just a bit like, OK, here we go. It's a it's um, everything's going to be OK. Let's I don't know. And you Does remember like having that. thought? Yeah, I remember. I remember the school. So like being outside the school and like being like like shitting myself, but being like everything's going to be okay, kind of telling myself that or something. Does mm. that make sense? It's yeah. not that sad, actually. It's like, it was just, I remember it was like, you know, you can do this, you're okay. Yeah. You're going to be okay. And kind of getting on with it. 
Yeah, which is a that's is kind that, of a, that, I don't know. no, it's great. The start of the movie, maybe. Yeah, no, that's that's great. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the voiceover comes in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Who it was? <laughs> okay, and if any, I, I don't know. I don't, as you said, I don't. We don't know each other super well. So if any mm. of this is like weird or like you want to take any of that after, just shit. I'll just be like, cut it, Tom. Cut it. Cut it. Shut I just want this to make me look really Fuck good. Up. But like, um, so who were you saying then when you were? In I was living with my godmother. Okay. Um, it was only for a short while. My mom had to. My mom had to have a knee operation, so it wasn't like um a big traumatic thing or anything sure. like that. Mm. Um, it was just that she just couldn't be there. Do you know what I mean? And it was, and then my dad had to work, and um, it was actually this. I'd changed schools in England, so it was like I'd already done this before. You know what I mean? But I wasn't really looking forward to it, and I was. Uh, yeah, I just I just remember being like, this is kind of the start of a of a new thing, and being really aware that we're not in Kansas anymore. Yeah, I guess. Did did your uh, did your dad come over to Ireland? Eventually, yeah. no, totally. He used to come over every weekend. Wow, it was really I I like now looking back on it, I'm like, my God, my dad is like the hardest worker in the world. He used to work. He would work Monday to Friday in in England in London, and then fly over Friday night spend the weekend with us in Wexford and then fly back on the, uh, the earliest flight on Monday morning, I think it was. Wow. Um, and he did that for a few months. like. And then he went on to actually work in Dublin. So he would drive to Dublin from Wexford every day. And that was before the motorway, Tom. There was no bypass then. Wow. So it was quite a long drive from. <laughs> it's it's weird. Like, that's one of the cool parts about getting older and just getting that perspective is about like, what your parents are actually like when they stop being yeah. just your parents and you're like oh, man. oh fuck he's a really hard worker when you realise your parents are people yeah they, yeah. they stop it's quite being, a moment isn't it they, they stop being just like archetypes yeah you know and yeah. you start like to see like oh like my dad works really hard yeah. and like you know other details like you know yeah because like little things you pick up yeah that your life is different to other people's I suppose and your parents are different to other people's is like a big thing as well exactly you know and it, it's weird when you get when you get like faced with other people's parents and you and like you know because you know everyone like it's a famous quote about parents like they fuck you up mm. and it's interesting and I don't mean this in a judgy way but like it, you know inevitably like you, you, you come into a situation that you're not a part of and like a part of you just judges it or notices yeah. it and then you're like oh maybe that's like a little way that your parents like fucked you up do you, yeah. do you know that way when you when you oh, kind of become intimate with someone else's family and it's it's interesting to just see like the differences, because I, I definitely know that like m my parents have like massively shaped who I am uh, into like someone who like you know I hope is a good person mm. in the world and like the uh, I, I'm I'm thinking of someone in mind and they've like are like the most amazing person but it's also really interesting to see like how they shape like the good bits and the bad bits yeah because that's just like the nature of everything right it is completely like, yeah you can't have one without the other exactly and if it's not one thing it's your mother. Yeah, you that, know that's that that sounds like the sequel to How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> yeah, it's not one thing; it's your mother. No, totally. I think that's that's a weird thing that happens when 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 you start to realize the things that you took for granted. Like, and I actually, this is a really strange thing that happened a few years ago, where I had friends from college come down to Wexford when to like spend the night and. Um, we were we were doing some performance thing in Kilkenny, so we stopped off in Wexford. And my parents weren't there, and um, the lads were like, "Oh, we're gonna make a cup of tea." And I was like, "Oh yeah, the cups are in that cupboard." And they opened the cupboard, and the cupboard was entirely full of mugs. Mm. And the two of them were like, "Oh my 
God, you, why are there so many mugs in your house? And like, they found it so shocking that we had like all these mugs. And I was like, oh, I never thought about it. Like, I honestly, honest to God, never thought about the fact that we have 75 mugs and there's three of us in the house. Never, never once. It was never weird to me. Do you yeah, know what I mean? And yeah. then you see someone react like it's the like you're a psycho. Like they might as well have opened it and there'd just been like dolls, you know, in there like just staring. Ventriloquist dummies. Exactly. Um, and I just remember being like, yeah, okay. I am, we're all very, we've all got these weird little quirks. Yeah. You know, that are so unique to our own situation. And they're not like, I'm not saying like they're harmless or they're, you know, whatever. They're just what they are and they're just like part of you and they've shaped you. Mm. Um, and that I really like mugs. Yeah. That's, I, I think I can relate to the mug one. We've got a ton of mugs. I love a good mug though. Yeah. Like, and now that I live, like, in Dublin and, like, you know, live in my own, like, little place with my little housemates, like, you know, and we've got, like, we've got, like, probably, like, four or five, six mugs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. And it's interesting then when you go home and you're like, there's just an abundance of everything. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, my God. Like, yes. Just, like, you know, you go home and you, like, open up the cupboard and it's like, oh, like, I wouldn't need to shop for, like, a week. Like, Oh, completely. Whereas, like, here, like, I'm going to go home and, like, on the way home, I'll go to shopping yeah. little for my dinner. You yeah, because I literally have nothing in the house. That's yeah, because yeah, my my mom is like super organized in that sense. She also hangs on to everything, so she has like plates from when she got married and stuff. Do you know, like that's why we have an abundance of crap. I think in our house, it's just full of stuff. Like, yeah. but I guess that happens from living longer, right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you're just gonna like like accumulate. Yeah, you just accumulate loads of sentimental crap, and it's hard to throw stuff away. Oh man. I, it's so I'm so bad at it as well. I had to do a wardrobe clean out the other week because it was getting obs- obscene. And like I, like I wear probably like twelve <laughs> pieces of clothing, <laughs> and yet you have like seventy six more. So much more clothes than I need. <laughs> I, like, I, but it's good to have variety, you know. I know, but I don't use it because I, 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 like I only look good in like this. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like this is the only thing warm enough for now. And like those mm. are short, so I can't wear them for like six months. Yeah. Never in Ireland or ever. <laughs> yeah, you know. So it's yeah, it's a weird, it's hard to throw stuff out though. You're just because I guess like I guess it's a fairly like primal thing if you like, but I never know when I'll need it. Exactly. Yeah, you just never know. You don't know. You don't know. But um. Gosh darn it. Gosh darn it. Yeah, like I and I, I have this like habit as well. Like I don't really buy like clothes. Aren't just aren't something that I spend my money on. I probably mm. spend most of my money on like. Going to see gigs and plays and stuff. So that's nice, though. It's much you can nicer. Carry that with you, but there's no stuff left over. Well, exactly. Get me. But then, so when I do get new clothes, I get really excited about them, and I wear them to the point where, even though like they're new in the sense that I bought them recently, like they don't look new because I've worn them so much. <laughs> yeah, I get you. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so like, I kind of have like I've built myself into this cycle of even when I have new clothes, I never have new clothes. Yeah, yeah, okay, I get you. It's this weird thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm dealing with it in therapy. I, I'm, I'm, I'm here to support you on your journey. You're really here just for me to talk to. Yeah. That, that's what well. that, that's what my personality bingo is for me. It's just like my little version of therapy. That's really nice. Yeah. I get, yeah, so it's good. And it's, you know what, the, the questions are really handy because it's like that jumping off point. It's you good. have that, that base if things got weird or awkward or yeah, no, whatever. Exactly. You have something... To say, you know, you have a safety net, I guess. That's the good thing about it, like, to compliment my own podcast. Of course. Is, no, these are all, like, things... It's a very, very well thought out podcast. Thank you so much. No, but it, it's like, I, I would I would love to have one of them podcasts where you just, like, you know, sit down, like, one-to-one and you just have a ramble, you just chat. Mm. But this is really good because, as you said, like, that's what it turns into inevitably. But, like, it's... Yeah. And these are all the things that I kind of want to chat about anyway. Yeah. Do you know? Um, so yeah it's really nice to kind of have a format that makes sense to do it within yes I totally agree so I support you in your endeavours oh thank you so much alright let's give it a spin 
Um, okay, number Come. 37. No. All right, no worries. <laughs> number 37. Gosh darn. What are your thoughts on James Blunt? James Blunt. He's playing a in the beautiful three. guy. Be- you're beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I thought you meant he was attractive, which he is. I mean, yeah, okay. I think he is. Yeah, I see it. It wouldn't be my type. He, he's, um, he's on um, all the posters around town. He's he is. Playing he's playing in the three arena. The three arena. He's playing the three arena. The three arena. Let's Can we just about talk that? about that? <laughs> yeah. You got like, that's 10,000 people or something, is it? Oh, at least, right? Yeah. I know it's not like Croke Park, but still. Yeah. I'd like, be like Olympia. Yeah. Probably. Uh, me too. Like, it's like, and there's no way that 10,000 people are seeing him ironically. No. Imagine buying a ticket to a concert ironically. That yeah. is a lot of, I'm assuming it's like, Concert prices like, it's 60 like sixty quid, 60 quid. at least, right? Imagine spending that. M- You'd have to have like the most excessive job where you're just like throwing money at the window if you're buying tickets to James Blunt. Ironically, right? I know. Ugh. So I hate those people. Yeah. <laughs> if they exist, I hate them. It is weird. Like, um, I have my wonderful friends who I love so much from home, but they work good jobs, you mm. know, and they have like um luxuries that we don't have in this industry, just in terms of like a steadiness of paycheck, yeah, and stuff. And it's it's fascinating going out on nights out with them and just trying to like keep up financially. Oh yeah, sometimes I totally get you. because like we'll do like rounds and stuff because like oh. you know we're from the country and we do it. not all the time, but sometimes. And and I I actually like that. I like the sentiment behind it and I like the camaraderie of it. But like the lads will sometimes spend three hundred euro on a night out. Jesus, and I'm like. Fuck like I like that's yeah. crazy, you know. Something like not all the time, don't get me I wrong. I know, but still But it's crazy, like in taxis here and there and I'm like, fuck lad. It again. is just a different thing. Like I think you in our industry, because of the instability of the job, you are just more aware yeah. of that kind of stuff and like the fleetingness of of having a like when you're working on a job for like say six weeks or or two months or whatever it is, you know, you're like I'm stable now, but I'm very aware that it's going to end. You know, you very rarely do you see actors getting totally frivolous, yeah, even when they have a steady job. I, I think know, I, know. I find that I, there's exceptions to every rule, of course, but I just know with myself or other people I've worked with, that's yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, like, and it's, I think I, it's, it, the, one of the good things about it is I think it's made me very, mm, what's the right word? Uh, I'm like, uh, the word in my head is sensitive, but that's not right, but just, like, conscious of money yeah. or, like, aware of, like, the yeah. value of money. Yeah. Like, to b- sound like my dad. Do you know what I mean? But I really do, like, as you said, like, when you're on a job, and it's interesting, I've been, I've had, like, a great year acting-wise, mm. and... Uh, but like I, as of like the end of January, I don't have a gig lined up for the first time in a while. And yeah, that's still like you know nearly two months away. So it's actually a long time away. So it's not like I'm shitting. And it, there's a good chance that I could go months, six months, a year without another job. Who knows? Mm. But it's it's like it's a weird thing. How do you deal with like blank spaces on calendars? Yeah, I think it just like. I actually think it's something that some people are able for and some aren't. Because mm. I I have friends who work real people jobs where they you know can contribute to this, the world on large large scales and uh, you know they've said to me like I honestly couldn't do what you do like I couldn't not know like they, they the instability of it is too much and I think you have to be okay with that fundamentally in order to get on with it do you know what I mean because it still bothers people like it still bothers me sometimes like sometimes I'll just be like why cruel world um more times than others but at the end of the day my love for my job outweighs that, do you know? Which yeah. I think is the only way to get through it, I suppose. Yeah. How do you, like, do you... Have you thought about... Has there ever been moments where that love has wavered to the point where, like, mm, is this worth it anymore? Yeah, like, a couple of times. I've never seriously thought about quitting. I've never been like, that's it. 
I'm done with this. Sometimes I'll be like, God, like, is this, is it, is it worth it? And I'll always kind of say, yeah, it is actually when I look at it closely. Mm. Um, I've never, I've been, I've been very lucky, I suppose, with the jobs I've worked on. Most of them have been with incredible people. Um, and it's, it tends to be a lot of fun. Like there's always, you know, days in rehearsal rooms where everyone's like, I want to die. This isn't working. This play is terrible. We're all terrible. The world's going to end. Um, I always think those days, like you can usually predict them around like week three of a rehearsal or something like that. Yeah. But um, yeah, I've never really wanted to quit. Not yet. Anyway. And I think that I've always said like this, when I stop l- loving or at least liking what I do and you know, that stuff I'll, I'll, I'll leave it. I'm okay with that. Like, I just still really like it. Yeah. I don't know. Have you ever felt like that? No. No, no. I just haven't. No. No, your emotional turmoil is... Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel no... Fe- no, I, I I, haven't ever felt like quitting, but I've been I've been really... But I think what you say is right. Like, it, it depends on your personality because I think, like, I've had, like, some really low moments. Like, I don't actually how much I've talked about this in the podcast. I think I talked about it with Jonesy on it once. Mm. But, like... We did the, the the lowest one of the lowest moments in my life, and definitely like the lowest moment in my, my career, was being cast in uh, the Bloody Irish that was oh. going to Broadway. Oh yeah, and like so being ready to go to Broadway, which was like such a crazy thing to me. It didn't even feel like a dream because it was like above that. Yeah, you know what I mean. And that got cancelled, like I, um, I think it was six days before we begun the gig, oh, and like no. And it was it was devastating mainly because you weren't going to Broadway anymore, and like mm. this thing that you told your friends you were doing wasn't a thing anymore. Yeah. And like then also it had like implications on like just your livelihood because the contracts weren't fulfilled, all this kind of stuff. And you know, so then financially in terms of like accommodation, I'd kind of organised to leave my house because I was going to oh, wow. be touring the states for three months or something. You yeah. know. So that was like devastating. But I, yeah, my personality type is just the kind. You know, and it's such a cliche because I, and it's not one of the things I'm glad it happened because I'm not. I would have loved to have gone to Broadway. Yeah. But when I look back on it, like of course I can say there were loads of things that I wouldn't have done if that had happened, and yeah. my life would have looked differently in a really good way. But also a lot of the things that happened because that didn't happen were really, really great as well. You know, so my personality type I guess is the kind that would like wants to I really knuckle down and like mm. I was like right okay I, I'm I'm unemployed so I got a job tour guiding and you know I wrote like uh, I wrote a load of stuff that like I got to kind of do over the next like three and four months and it, it you know that in itself turned out to be great mm. and, and I kind of feel like this is very naive but I'll say it anyway like I kind of I kind of feel like that was like at the time when it happened I was like oh that's not that that's as bad as it gets, because like that's a stupid thing to say. You never know how bad something can get. But it's like, okay, if that doesn't like just knock the wind out of your sails and kind of make you want to go, this shit isn't worth it. Like mm-hmm. that's pretty good. Um, so sorry, that was a really no, long that's, monologue. No, that's great. That's really interesting. But yeah, it was like it's just. And it, I'm sorry that happened. That was oh, that's a really you. crappy. Thing oh, it was to happen. terrible. It yeah. was fucking awful. Yeah, but like yeah, it's just how do you think you respond to like? Do you respond well? Like, what's your response to like hardship and times like that? I think I've gotten better at it, to be honest with you. I think when I started out, I wasn't very good at it. Yeah. I think, do you know what it is that I sort of decided kind of a couple of years ago that I couldn't get all my happiness from this job. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I I really, I'm, I'm I, and as well, like, I've, I don't take for granted that lots of people don't get to do what they love for a living. And 
it's really rare to get to do that. So I'm very grateful and I have to remind myself that this is the dream. Do you know what I mean? Like this is what you want to do and you really get great satisfaction out of it, you know, a lot, like 90% of the time. But there's that 10% of the time that it can be like you don't, you know, you really put your heart and soul into something and it doesn't work out like like your experience mm-hmm. or, you know, the audition goes badly or a, a million other things like the response to something isn't as well as you'd hoped or things just don't come together. That stuff can really knock you, I think. But I decided that I couldn't be be get all my happiness from this job, yeah. that I have to get it from my life. And I've realized in the last few years that's actually kind of improved my relationship with work in a way, mm-hmm. I suppose, in that... I get a lot of my ultimate sort of happiness from the people I I love in my life and my friends and socializing and my family and, you know, other things that I enjoy. And that's made my relationship with work a lot better, I think. Yeah. So I do mostly, that's why I think I, you know, I say there's been a couple of times I've felt like maybe this, you know, wasn't worth it. And those would be before I kind of made that decision. Does yeah. that does that make I'm sorry, I'm one of those people who's gonna be like, does that make sense? No. You know, like this <laughs> It does. No, it makes complete I a, sense. I know someone who has a jar for that. If you have to put money in every time you say, Does that make does that make any sense? Yeah. Like questioning yourself as you're talking. <laughs> no, but do you know I it, it's one of the it's actually a really hard thing to talk about just and like to know how to talk about it because even yeah even because like I completely empathize because and it's weird with the because I I don't know I I imagine we might be similar in this way but like mm. I'd be very sensitive like yeah 100% and it, it like that's a you know I would consider that like a strength of mine but like that can also really like hurt because like if you're gonna be good at this job like one of the most important things I think is to be vulnerable absolutely especially if you want to write well especially if you want to like act well in in certain things yeah. not, not i don't think that like every role involves like a different kind of vulnerability probably but like i think good writing should be like vulnerable you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. um and um yeah i mean and that's the problem with the job is that like because as you said like if the audition goes bad if it's a no like if the feedback isn't like what you hoped it might be like every time you want to you have that thing where you want to just roll up into that little ball yeah. and you want to cover yourself up and cover up the, yeah. the the open spots but like they're like you, you, you can't do that uh, yeah completely that's the sort of weird like contradiction of this job is like everyone's like you gotta have a tough skin to get get by kiddo kind of thing but at the same time you you have to be so open and so um in touch with empathy and other people's emotions as well as your own and being open to that kind of stuff Mm. and yeah but you also have to know to protect yourself as well from that that kind of that pain because i think it's legit like i don't you know there's like people are like oh you didn't get the job just get over it like i i don't think that's fair i think if you really wanted something you should be allowed like a grieving process yes absolutely like closure yeah um but i think it's when it consumes you that's when it gets dangerous you know because i think it can really hurt people you know and i you know i have friends who've who who left the industry and stuff like that because of that that very reason they just couldn't take that and and i'm not judging anyone for that i completely understand i always admire people for it for walking away yeah i think so yeah i I always like and i i i I, i'm i I would judge myself for this because i was like why why like but it really like touches me when people walk away because i think it's something that whatever like part of me i i don't think i could even if Mm. i wanted to even i think i would be the fucking idiot who'd like suffer through ah, I don't know how true this is but there's some part of me that would want to just even if I fucking hated it yeah. I was doing nothing the work I was doing was shit and I wasn't working most of the time I think I'd be like I have this weird thing in my head that just like will like struggle through yeah. shit so when people walk away 
because they're like, oh, it's just not making me happy anymore. Yeah. I'm like, good for you. Oh, absolutely. Like that's like that's the real shit. Like what? Like if you think that you can be happier or as happy doing some, I know that's a real cliche thing that like old actors say to young actors. You know, <laughs> if you can be happier as happy doing something else, go do that. But like. There's something to be said for it. Oh, completely. Yeah, that whole thing of like, if you can do anything else, do that. Yeah. Yeah, there's something to be said for that. Like, I think it's just, it's really hard. It's just hard. But then at the same time, it's the best thing in the world. That's the weird contradiction again. Yeah. It's like there's, when it's, when it's like working or when you're enjoying it and it's going well or even just going, it doesn't even have to be going that well sometimes. It's like the best thing in the world. And that's it's, one of the things that I've had to like come to terms with. I'm, I'm sure you're probably the same like that they can be mutually exclusive like they mm. like they can both be true even though they sound like that they can't be like yeah. how can it be so hard if it you love it so much but no it, it actually can yeah like and and, and, I, and I totally I, I really try my very best I think and I've been successful at this fair touch wood as like not being one of them actors like I never count down the days to like a gig ends I never like complain I, I think I'd be quite like happy go lucky in a rehearsal room just yeah. like oh get on with it you know what I mean like let's just do it we're here to do the job let's do yeah. it but like at the same time yeah fuck it it can be really hard sometimes yeah I think that there's sometimes that it's like people or I I'm, I shouldn't speak for other people I speak for myself um, that you, you you don't want to complain or give out or whatever because you're you know how privileged a position you can be in sometimes yes and that there's other people who wish they were in your shoes just like you wish you were in someone else's shoes there's, that's just human nature but Sometimes it is just a bit shitty, do you know, and that's okay as well. And mm -hmm. I think it's good to. I'm glad I got to come here today and talk to you about that. And it's great. And that's what I think of James Blunt. <laughs> <laughs> is that what it was? Yeah. Oh. We meandered quite impressively. Jesus! <laughs> Holy shit! That was a good. That was a good. Seg. No, it wasn't a segue. It, it was, was just a seg go away. Seg go away. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Um. All right, wait. Let me. Do, I, I'm not finished with you though. Let me ask you. <laughs> wait. You brought up something interesting because you brought up the idea of like, you know, also, while all those things are true, also the idea of having to protect yourself. Yeah. I totally agree. I think about this a lot. I especially think about this in relation to this podcast, for example, because one of the things about this podcast is like multiple times per episode, I'll say something and then I will be like, fuck, what did I, did I sound? How did I sound there? Did I sound even saying about the broader thing? Like, I'm not trying to like talk myself up being like, mm. oh, straight away I like came back because don't get me wrong. There were days where like I just like like drank too much or yeah. ate too much or like treated my parents shittily because of it you know what I mean or whatever it might have been because like I was hurting mm -hmm. um, whatever that might be so like all these little things um, you know so whether it be like you know you're acting you're writing whatever it might be like doing a podcast whatever it might be where like you know vulnerability really is um, can like be special and can touch other people which is ultimately for me and I, I imagine you're the same is like why we do this job how do you protect yourself then in, in the same breath yeah I, I don't have the answer mm -hmm. um, but I, I yeah I totally understand what you're saying it is really a tricky thing because you do have to have a, a, an understanding of yourself and other people in order to write I think you know otherwise why really I suppose mm -hmm. I don't know um and you have to want to understand, I think, a little bit in order to write other people and that kind of stuff. But it's really, it's really tricky. I think it's kind of like, I know there's a big kind of fad about mindfulness at the moment and stuff. But I do, I do think it's important to mind yourself and just to go like things, you know what, today has kind of been a bad day and that's okay. I'm going to go buy a Magnum ice cream or something. Do you know what I mean? Like you just, you need to 
be okay with taking time out for yourself I think is how I try to protect myself I suppose you know if things are getting on top of me or I'm like frantic or it's like okay do you know what actually I'm going to take just 15 minutes and just go for a walk or procrastinate or go on Facebook even do you know like I don't know everyone has their own thing my big thing actually that I've really started to do recently is watching RuPaul's Drag Race nice yeah for some reason it just fills my soul with joy they're just so great, aren't they? I don't know. Drag it, queens are the best. Yeah, it, it, it's something that I've... I, everyone, nearly everyone who comes on here tells me that it's brilliant. Yeah. And I've never watched it. Any oh, of God. Like, they just... They're so themselves. And they're and it can be bitchy. Like, don't get me wrong. It can be very dramatic. And they've obviously filmed it in such a way to make it the most dramatic thing. But at the end of the day, the bravery it takes to be themselves is just so inspiring to me yeah and look, they're so good at contouring well that's <laughs> these are the important things Katie. that's the real that's it contouring that's the key yeah <laughs> that's the trick to it, it, it's interesting i remember i heard a theory about like that and about like drag queens and i, I actually think the theory might have been about uh, i'm gonna speak very generally here so like please for, forgive me no go for it but it was talking about why there are so many gay people in the entertainment industry yeah. and there are a like, disproportionate amount of gay people in, in yeah. the entertainment industry which is wonderful yes. um, but there was like we're like why that's like fascinating like why are there so many like you know like amazing actors singers directors all this stuff writers whatever it might be and it uh, like the answer that like it was, I think it was on a podcast and the, the people you know going back and forth on it trying to work it out um, and it was a, it was a gay man and a straight man, mm. and they came to the th- theory that by the like a, a, you know as a gay man or woman or, or or whatever you might be, you have to do a lot of work to like get to a place where potentially where you can like come out to family and friends and like all, all that you know introspection and kind of like just the struggle I can only yeah. imagine of like what that must be like it must be really fucking scary and really difficult, and they were basically saying you know that like all that like you know work inwardly on yourself. Um, I mean, yeah, you're just going to know yourself maybe a yeah. little bit better because you had to go through that struggle. And, like, I wonder, is that why, like... And then, to, you know, to go and do drag, for example, like, that's yeah. like that's brave. Like, to dress oh, up in... So for a man to dress up in women's clothes. I mean, we all heard, like, Panty's incredible, like, um, speech at the Abbey, however many years ago that was, and about the reactions that, that like, you know, she got when, yeah, when, so when she was who she was. Um, like... So I, I wonder, yeah, like, can they just bring that, like, joy because, like, they've done so much of the work to get the bullshit out of the way? That, like, that does make a lot of sense to me. Maybe. Like, I, you know, I don't, again, I'm not going to pretend like I have the answer, but I, yeah, it, it's, it takes a huge amount of, I think it takes a huge amount of courage to be yourself. You and maybe that? we don't give each other enough credit for that because it's hard to to be you, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it can be real. Like, I, like I, I had to go on a big journey to like you know and I'm it's one of the, I guess that's one of the things that goes on until the day you die hopefully, hopefully you know if you're still like actively trying to get better which like yeah. I mean I think that's a, a good thing but like that's it's it's hard yeah like I think you <laughs> it's need hard to, is just the name of this podcast it's hard it's life's hard. really hard and then you die um just to put a damper on it um mm. yeah I think I, I don't know the the more I'm sort of in this industry and stuff the more I realize that it, you, people are better performers the more they know themselves I think are better writers and stuff the more they kind of have that self excavation I suppose yeah Is that, yeah, yeah and um, like it, because it, it does open you up and you're less you know you're not hiding behind anyone you're mm-hmm. just being and you're just going for it and there's something really amazing I always you can always, I think you can always see performers who are just so open 
to these characters or things like that, you know, like yeah, that's always really inspiring. Like Marty Ray, like oh yes, God, Marty Ray comes up in this podcast more than anyone. That's because he's amazing. He is amazing. Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. Yeah, I mean, love Meryl. <laughs> Meryl's good. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. My word of the year, I really, my phrase of the year, I should say, was um, self awareness. Oh, like I guess I just it just I feel like it just it was in my head or like in my. Yeah, just ar- like around me, I just kept thinking about it and like viewing everyone through that like lens because I realized there was nothing. There's nothing that I find more frustrating and more difficult to like empathize with than people who exhibit no self awareness. I find yeah. that really difficult, and there's nothing I'm more attracted to in people than people who are like really self aware. In, in you know, in a good way. Absolutely. I don't mean who are self conscious, but who are self aware. There is a difference, isn't there? Because there's they're aware their difference. impact on the world and the people around them, and that is a fucking beautiful quality to have. It is a gorgeous quality. Yeah. It really is. Maybe that would be my tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> Self-awareness. Self-awareness. <laughs> Across your lower back. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Or, or inside the wings of a butterfly or something. We're reclaiming the tram stand. <laughs> Reclaim it. It'll be a whole new thing for 2018. I love it. All right. <laughs> okay, here we go. Number six. Yes. Oh. Yes, I did get one. Well done, Oh, you. I'm so happy. That was such <laughs> genuine joy. I love it. That's gorgeous. All right. Uh, number six, if you couldn't do what you're doing right now, what career would you pursue? Oh, gosh. Before you answer that, mm, take yeah. a minute to think, because I want I wanted to ask you this. I was curious coming in, because as I said, like we've gotten to know each other like mainly this year, really, yeah. which has been lovely. As far as I know, correct me if I'm wrong, and add on or minus anything that uh, I'm saying that doesn't make sense for you. Mm-hmm. You're an uh, actor, yep. a writer, yep. a producer, yep. director? No. Okay. Is it three? I draw the line at director. Good. Good, good, good. <laughs> because I feel like I would genuinely be terrible at it. Okay. Like, I, I, I have friends who are brilliant directors, and I'm like, I couldn't do that. Yeah. I'm self-aware enough to know that I couldn't do that, Tom. Yeah, that's half the battle. Um, so, yeah, just the three. Just, just, the, three. just the three. Just the casual thing. What do you think makes a good director? Actually, empathy, I think, mm. to be honest. Like, most of the time, it's it's people managing, isn't it? Like, yeah. I just think of the directors who I've really enjoyed working with, and they've been the ones who felt like they genuinely cared about me uh-huh. and helping me find a character, as opposed to, like, go over there, stand there, do this, walk six paces and do that. Which, again, that's fine. Some people respond really well to that. I like it when people allow me to make mistakes in a room. So someone who makes you feel safe, I suppose. That's massive. Yeah, like you feel safe that if you do something and it's wrong, then it's not like Sam Mendes has this great thing, like a list of things um, for directors. Like it's a really interesting kind of, actually should read it too, check it out. Um, and one of the things is like, there's no such thing as right and wrong. It's just interesting and less interesting. And I really like that. So it's like, you know, someone who makes you go, well, that, you know, that might not have worked, but do you know what? There was this in it and let's bring that through and move on to this. So they don't make you feel like you made a fool of yourself. It's like everything's up for grabs. You can play and you can have, you know, fun, but also make like make make a fool of yourself if you need to. Yeah. And just that there's less pressure to get to an end goal as there is to kind of collaborate and work together mm-hmm. I suppose that's what I respond to anyway like of course everyone's different I suppose but those are the people I like being in rooms with mm. more yeah, than yeah. anything else what yeah. about you what do you think makes a good director oh yeah I mean I think that's massive too yeah like that like that the, 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 you know being comfortable in a room and I think just yeah like clarity of communication yeah uh, within within like a, a <laughs> clarity of communication within a kind way of communicating yes like that's that's a really good way of putting it that's what it is isn't it like yeah you you want to you want to 
yeah, you, yeah, you just you just want to be on the same page, and that's the tricky thing for a director is that like they've ultimately got to find a way of getting on everyone's page, and everyone's yeah. page is going to be that little bit different. Um, and I guess that's the challenge. And then yeah, doing that in a kind way, as you said, it was a really nice way you put it about like yeah, and Sam Mendes put it about interesting mm. and less interesting because you know yeah, if you're thinking about like the way when you know when you find something and you find mm. it, and let's just call that like the treasure chest, you're looking for like your treasure chest up in your attic, and it's dark and you don't know where you're going, but just and because your flashlight's kind of going on and off all the time exactly like. and just because you go over to the stairs and it's not there and you end up finding it like you know by the window yeah. it doesn't mean that going to the stairs was a waste of time because like you had to go and explore everything before you found the right like yeah. and not the right thing as you said like that's a it's a really good way of putting it but you found the thing that worked yeah the totally that worked the best i find that with writing as well maybe you do too it's like sometimes going in the wrong direction, I'll say wrong with kind of quotes around it or whatever, is as useful as figuring it out like oh the first time. It takes me so long to even work out what I'm writing about. Yeah. Like I'll write and it's all good. Like I think if you if you're like I, I mean it's good in the sense of like <laughs> I can be really um like not not bitchy is not the right word, but like dismissive of like uh like I, I, I don't really and it is a skill. It is a skill. But like I don't really consider like you know, you go see a play and you're like, oh, well, the dialogue was good and it was like snappy. Mm. And like after a certain point, I'm kind of like, all right, yeah, okay. Like, <laughs> like we can all do that. And yes. I know that's not true because not everyone can do that mm. actually. But, um, but, but yeah, like, I'll, so I like writing this thing and it's like, it's gas and it's kind of snappy and it's, it's like, it, it works. Like mm. it's, it's how people talk. But then I'm like, okay, but that, it doesn't, that's fine. But like, what are we actually writing about here? You yes, know what I mean? And yes. it, it, it looks like one thing and then you go, oh no, it, it's actually, it's actually this. Yeah. That's an interesting thing. It is. When you find like, oh no, I thought I was, even like, I mean, so you just adapted Cinderella. I did. So that's a really, what's that like when you've got to take a whole story and then like find your angle on the story? Yeah, it was really interesting because like the what was really nice was a sort of basic structure was there, you know, because mm-hmm. endings are hard. Yeah. Um, most writers will say that. But I had a sense of where the story needed to go. And I suppose the thing with adaptation is, is you're sort of, especially when the writers have been dead in a really, really long time, you're kind of allowed to do whatever you want. And I, so I looked at the original story and went, okay, so it goes from A to B. I kind of broke it down into like dominoes, what hits off what to make what happen kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then went, okay, I have a problem with this bit and this bit and this bit. So what, what is my issue? And then what could I do to make it different or more exciting or more interesting? more interesting for Mm me um so that's kind of what i did but i had like a framework i suppose that was really quite comforting to work around Mm -hmm. um which made it slightly easier i suppose yeah so wasn't i didn't find it easy it was still really hard no i can imagine (laughs) yeah 100 like and have you um so you're a writer have you dabbled in other mediums other than theater do you have you looked at screenplays no i haven't interesting i've that's what i like i've written plays and like uh and love theater like yeah. theater is like my bread and butter so yeah. to speak but like i've started writing screenplays recently that's and really I, exciting. I was only asking you because i like w- yeah. interested to talk about it with someone but like it's um I yeah. can't be that person for you, I'm afraid. No, but I mean, <laughs> you can in the sense that, like, I I I probably know exactly as much as you do about it. Yeah. In, in the sense that I, I'm really new to it, but like, 
just I just love it like uh, and I mean that's what what must be so interesting with like adapting something and especially something like Cinderella because I think the problem that I have when I write theatre and this is like this is the this the, the this is easily solved if I just like adjusted my attitude but you know in in that way that we do really well in Dublin a lot of time like I will like self produce and like make mm. a play with my mates but that generally means it's got to be small. Yes. In the sense so like I've written like a, a monologue play and I have like, you know, I've written like a, a two-hander. Um, and that's just kind of how my brain works on that scale mm-hmm. because I think, right, well, if I'm going to be doing this, it's probably going to be in like Smock or Theatre Upstairs or the new theatre. You know what I mean? Yeah. These are small stages. You're already aware of some of your limitations. And it's great because then you can like find, you know, like they say, um, necessity is the mode of invention. Yeah, totally. It's so true, you know, and I love working within that. But, but what's been so enjoyable for me I, I kind of I'm really there's a play that I I, I, I just need to finish mm-hmm. and I'm finding it really hard to go and finish it because I started writing like screenplays and I love it because like my it's just like I can do whatever I want because yeah. I couldn't make this like I'd literally have to, someone else will have to make this and like finding the freedom in that to be like mm-hmm. well you don't have to worry about it Tom like if you want to write in like a a fucking boat like they'll worry about the boat yeah someone else will worry about the boat you yeah. just get to write it for once yeah which yeah, is, yeah. It's, it's just an interesting adjustment which must be wonderful like writing like a fairy tale and knowing that there's someone like brilliant like Jeddah at yeah. the helm of it who's gonna like find a way to bring it to life yeah Jeddah would say that that's probably the most annoying thing about me writing plays when she's directing is that she's like damn it I have to figure this crap out <laughs> right right no she wouldn't she'd never complain um <laughs> she's a saint um no but it is that thing of i kind of went i'm just going to i'm going to throw everything at the wall here and see what sticks because it was it's it's one of it's the first time i've written something that i haven't produced um cuz like yourself you know you put like how else you're going to get it on like a lot of the time you're just like i'll do it mm. um and i've really enjoyed that but this was the first time where i was just the writer on it so i was coming from the perspective of I'll just I'll just chance my arm a little bit and see if these things can be made happen with an amazing team of people working on it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll just kind of hand that to them and see how it goes. Um, and it's gone rather well. So yeah. I've been very lucky. It's deadly. Yeah. So to come exciting. full circle, if you weren't a writer, <laughs> actor, producer, what do you reckon you do? Um, do you know what? I when I was younger, I always wanted to be an illustrator. Mm. Um, I loved drawing. I was re- I used to like. Um, like even draw my lunch break as a kid in primary school I loved like just doodling and like um, like Disney cartoons and stuff I was like obsessed with Disney um, and I always thought I would like to go into animation or illustration maybe more so then I you see my problem is I was I was too I would get too bored drawing the same you know like with uh, uh, animation you have to draw the same thing over and over like moving ever so slightly yeah I was not good at that okay I just didn't have any patience yeah I would get really bored I wanted to do the next thing do you know so I'd say maybe more like illustrating books or children's books that'd right. be fun wouldn't it that'd be great I mean it was so interesting when you said when I asked you like so you do like acting writing producing as a yeah. directing and you said no I draw the line at directing <laughs> it's really interesting that you'd actually go and be an illustrator yeah. <laughs> like to scribble out the line and just yeah. yeah add in illustrator in there and then draw it again yeah just draw draw a line again but you wouldn't be able to draw it again because you get bored I have to have boundaries <laughs> yeah. yeah I get bored very easily maybe do that's why I do the three things yeah hey there's something to be said for it have you ever have you ever had the thought that like um, if you focused on one it would uh, that that would be a more productive use of your time yeah I have I thought about it and then I quickly stopped thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I have done it where I've been focusing on one thing at a time and 
I it, it's great. You know, I I certainly feel like I have uh, quite a lot of work to do at the moment, and maybe if you know if I wasn't thinking about other things, but then that's probably just life. You just always have other things on anyway. So yeah. I don't know. But I. I just really, I really enjoy multi-rolling. Like, I get asked an awful lot, and I have other friends who work in multiple disciplines as well, who, like, uh, if you had to choose, what would you do? Like, if you had to do one, and I'm like, well, what situation would I only have to do one, I suppose? But um, it makes me happy to do more than one thing. I really enjoy it, and it kind of feeds into different parts of my personality, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I have a little theory. Go for it. And I think... And again, there's always going to be the one percent. There's always going to be the. It's an exception to everyone. There's always going to be the, the Barry Kogan or the or the Daniel Day Lewis. There's going to be a freak. There's going to be a Meryl Streep. Okay. There's yeah. going to be an absolute freak who is just fucking like a thoroughbred, incredible actor. Whatever you do, yeah. I'm just using this as an example. But I think the world is veering towards a place where people don't do one thing anymore. Mm. There are less and less actors. Full stop. There are way more actor writers. There's way more writer directors. There's way more like producers who do then like a, a slightly more like mm. a. A more like hands-on thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. I like. I just think. I mean, I I think you can see it in theater. You can see it in film and TV. Like, okay, look at huh, controversial. Like, I'm gonna name all the controversial. Lena Dunham, Louis C.K. Just name two controversial oh. people for the crack. Uh, but also like some, is, like is Sharon Horgan, so Chris O'Dowd, yes. yeah, Delaney, yeah, Sharon all these Horgan's people amazing. in Irish theater. Um. Uh. Like, I mean, Pat Kinavan jumps to mind like yeah. Brian Burroughs makes these amazing shows that he's in um, do, do you know what I mean I, yes. the list could go on and on then there's all the people like on our level mm-hmm. but even like at the Emma Kerwin there's all these people yeah. uh, they're like I'm naming the best TV series films and plays and they're all made by like makers who do the thing yeah. and I think the world is moving in that way I think you're right. Like one of my kind of icons at the moment is Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Do you mm. know her from Fleabag? Yes. Yeah, so she wrote and starred in Fleabag in Edinburgh and it's on TV now. Um, it's on Amazon, I believe. Um, this is episode sponsored by Amazon. No, yeah. it's not. Um, yeah, and she's amazing. And like, you know, she's brilliant at both, you know, in equal measure. And I find people, I think you're right. I think there is this shift in people feeling less kind of restricted maybe and i don't know if that's to do with maybe the world kind of seeing like it open is opening up a bit mm. like that we're more aware of other things going on we're more aware of other people who do stuff like that i don't know i don't know what it is but i do think you're right i do think there is this more like even in, I, I studied in the gaiety school and one of the modules we had was um manifesto oh, i'm so jealous you got to do that <laughs> it was great it was really do you know what some of the stuff um was so, oh god some of the things I actually when I finished Manifesto I, th- I genuinely thought I'd never write again really absolutely because it crushed your confidence it I, I we had like a Manifesto showcase and yeah. I wrote this piece and I hated it I I was like oh my god what have I done this is dreadful and I haven't ever gone back to look at it or maybe I should and kind of just reassess but I felt like I failed it I f- like that, that, that's I, I suppose that's again that time in my life where I sort of felt like I wasn't getting it right and I didn't know if I should be doing this the vulnerability of drama school and all that kind of stuff you know mm. um, and I really genuinely thought I'd never write again and I did yeah so that's nice now you get paid to do it no sometimes yeah occasionally yeah. which is really nice right now yeah yeah, yeah I know. you're like this is great <laughs> yeah, like, yeah it's amazing right um, I think we've got time for one more go for it let's do it let's see if I can get another one yeah I mean I'm glad you didn't whitewash it's always a bit sad I know it's a bit sad alright number 60 
No. no. You're one washed. I one washed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> you hand washed. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, this is actually a lovely way to finish. Oh, okay, go. In terms of artistic creation, what drives you to do what you do? Oh, that's a really good, that's a deep question. It is. Oh God, do I have to be deep? No. I mean, it could be. It could I mean, the money, obviously. Yeah, no. all your money. All my monies. Yeah. Um, what Kate drives me to Rolex. do what I do? Um, I'm going to misquote something. Is that okay? Oh, please. So there's this amazing play called The History Boys. Alan Bennett, I believe. Mm-hmm. And in it, um, at one point, the teacher, who I can't remember the name of any of the characters, so I'm not going to go there, says to the students about art and it's like, and literature. And I'm not getting this quote right whatsoever, but it's basically that art and literature is like a hand reaching out through time that takes yours and lets you know that you're not alone. Wow. That's, that's full on. And I, it's not so much that I feel like I'm doing that, but that's what I go to the theater for. And that's what I go and watch movies for and that kind of, and read books is like, sometimes it just makes me feel less alone. And if I can do that for one other person, that would be really nice. Yeah, man. I think I would not have failed at life if I could do that for just one person, is make them, for a moment, just feel a little less alone. Yeah, hey, and I bet you've done it loads of times. Well, we hope so. And that's what I hope this podcast does too. Yeah. Katie McCann, <laughs> thank you so much for doing it. Thank you. Um, thank you for you having me. That was a lovely chat. It was such a lovely chat. <laughs> it was such a lovely chat. And I think what's really nice now is to frame it in the context, I kind of like having the chat first, Yeah. Uh, and now frame it in the context of like all the stuff that you're actually doing oh, in the yeah. world. It's kind of nice to show. When like, I leave here and go back to my real life. Go back to your real life. <laughs> this is a little head stuff bubble. This is a nice head stuff it bubble. Was li- yeah, no, honestly, thank you for doing it, because you are you. so busy. Tell us what's keeping you so busy. So I am producing the Rough Magic Seeds Showcase, which begins on the 30th of November, which is Mr. Burns a post-electric play by Anne Washburn and also the rehearsed reading of Lee Coffey's new play Shadows to Light I'm going to give him a plug as well yeah um the it runs at Project Art Centre upstairs until the 9th Lee should come and do this he probably would oh he would totally do yeah. he'd be so good yeah I'd love to chat to him oh he'd Again, be great I don't I've got to know him over the last few weeks and he seems like a lovely you'd, dude you'd have the banter yeah I'm a big fan. Yeah. Big fan of his work. Yes. And as a person. Brilliant. <laughs> and then... And then and also, <laughs> um, next Tuesday, we preview the Grim Tale of Cinderella, which I have written, which is on in Smock Alley Theatre, 1662, and runs um, from the 5th of December until the 23rd. So it's quite long. 23rd of December. And that's directed by the lovely Jada Debris. Brilliant. Yeah. And what a cast. It's got a great cast, doesn't it? It's got former guests of the show, Fionn Foley, yeah. Ashley Durrell, uh, uh, Camille Lucy Ross. Camille Lucy Ross. Ashling O'Mara. Danielle Galligan. Yes, and Finbar Doyle. Finbar Doyle. Yeah. What a fucking team. They're great. You and Jetta, Kleena Dukes at the helm. Kleena just giving it socks. Like she oh, she took such a leap of faith with me and I'm so grateful. Like it's she gave me this amazing opportunity and thank you, Kleena. This is me publicly thanking Kleena yeah. for giving me this chance. I think she listens sometimes. I, I'm going to send it to her and be like, come in at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just, just for the end bit. Oh, one hour and four minutes, <laughs> give a listen. Yeah. Katie McCann, thank you so much for playing thank personality you. bingo. So guys, that was Katie McCann playing personality bingo with Tom Moore. And Katie, if you're listening, a massive thank you to taking the time for doing it. I know I kind of nabbed you right in the middle of the busiest time of your life I'm sure but uh, it was such a 
beautiful, gorgeous, joyous chat. Um, and wow, that was that was a very Christmassy, wasn't it? All, all the superlatives coming out, but it really was. It was lovely. Uh, and thank you for taking the time to do it. I really appreciate it. And just well done on all your work. Uh, you are a superstar, uh, guys. To you, um, thank you for taking the time to listen. As I said, I am in the Tivoli Theatre, uh, starring in. I'm definitely not starring in. Fuck it, I'm starring in Sleeping Beauty at the Tivoli Theatre. Uh, it's really starring Mary Byrne, Alan Hughes, Rob Murphy, Michelle McGrath, Morgan Crowley. Um, Keila Whelan and Matthew Carpenter it's an absolutely all-star cast backed up by the most incredible dancers and the kids are amazing this year it's really really deadly so come and check us out we're in the Tivoli Theatre to be honest the show is almost completely sold out but you never know you might get a couple of returns and there might be one or two dates after Christmas that you might be looking up to nab but do try pop along and see it because it's great crack altogether and uh, it would be lovely to see you there Um, yeah so look we're going to make every effort to keep the episodes going over the holiday season Um, and yeah as I said if you do get in touch it makes a massive difference the more tweets you come out you can literally see the spike in the numbers because people just go what's that and they click I know it might sound far-fetched but it actually happens so if you are one of the people who has uh, social media and any bits like that please do give us um, a little share a little favour a little reply whatever it might be it genuinely does make a difference uh, also if you can give us uh, a like a rate a comment uh, on iTunes all that good stuff it would be deadly if we could move ourselves into the charts again it just makes a difference to get this podcast out to as many people as possible which ultimately is the goal because I get such great guests on I think they just all deserve as much exposure as possible as well as the fact that I'm a complete narcissist guys uh, mainly a big thank you to the boss woman Taz Kelleher for mixing, editing and producing this podcast. Taz is an absolute superstar. She's been here right from the start and we would be lost without her. Also check out her brilliant podcast In the Shower with Taz and Marcus. Um, It's an absolutely brilliant podcast. Uh, It's 15 minutes long. It's in such gorgeous little bite-sized chunks Um, and they, you know, they kind of get into all the the, the big questions in life. I've been really enjoying it Uh, and I actually have a couple I'm ready to binge on now so uh, that might be my little tonic over the panto season. Um, So do check out her wonderful podcast also a huge huge thank you to um connor nolan for our brilliant artwork to leah moore and anthony manley for our deadly theme music check them out at more than machines music and also as always a huge huge thank you to patty and alan at headstuff who uh, have been so kind to have us on board also a massive thank you to sean um doing all the brilliant work on the social media end of things it's just so great to be part of such uh, a brilliant growing um, network full of brilliant and talented people uh, we've got a Christmas party this tomorrow actually uh, so I'm very very excited for that um, just to kind of connect with all the wonderful people at Headstuff and as always it's an absolute privilege to be on the network so thank you guys what a long winded introduction slash outroduction uh, this is completely unnecessary um, but I will finish up by saying thank you to Katie McCann once again for taking the time to do this wonderful episode and guys we will see you next week for another episode of personality bingo with tom moore this has been a production of the headstuff podcast network 